the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics, where the conversation always gives you a foundation that is built on biblical principles so you can intellectually and critically learn to weigh out decisions about life with truth, facts, contradictions, and the reality we live in, and history. Host Joe Gaona covers topics like apologetics, worldviews, contemporary culture, and the Word of God to help you articulate a defense for how you live your Christian life. See how you can get involved in support Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics by visiting ThroughoutAllAgesMinistries.com. That's ThroughoutAllAgesMinistries.com. Joe, where is that magnifying glass? How you doing today? This is Joe Gaona with 1530 Apologetics, and we're here to intellectually think about your worldview and my worldview. And does it make sense as we look at history, science, archaeology, and the world that we live in, the reality that we live in? Today, our topic will be general revelation. Next week, we'll get into special revelation. But before we get into our topic, I want to make a remark about the hiddenness of God. There are those who say that somehow God is hiding from us. We are in an era where we have had more new technology, science discoveries than ever before. And at the same time as atheism is at a rise and skepticism, is drawing more clients under its tents. And we see this. We see that students' hearts are waxing cold. Yet the means of the grace of God, which the gospel message is converting people to Christianity around the world, is exponentially reaching more people at an alarming rate who are not part of this Western society. I myself do not think that God is hiding, or this is the hiddenness or the hiddenness of God. The Bible does say that God resists the proud and gives grace to the, the, to the humble. Nevertheless, our conversation is on natural revelation or general revelation. This was communicated by God through natural phenomena, his creation, his providence, our conscience and morality. There is special revelation, and that was communicated by God through special divine intervention. Our key verse today is Psalms 19. The heavens declare the glory of God, and his firmament shows his handiwork. And day after day it utters forth speech, and night unto night it reveals knowledge. 
There is no speech, no language where their voice is not heard. This voice that I'm talking about is the mind of God speaking to all creation. Let's talk for a moment about general revelation. General revelation would be the revelation of God to all people at all times, at all places, exclaiming that God exists and that he is intelligent, powerful, and transcendent. You see, when the question is asked about the tribes in the middle of the Amazon forest, the Congo, or the mountains of New Guinea, I I want you to know God speaks. There is no place that his voice is not heard. So let's talk about this voice that speaks through creation, that speaks through nature. When we talk about the creation of God, it testifies to God's existence. And this is what the verse is saying, that we can see the orderly fashion of God's creation and how we see the heavens that hold the trillions and trillions of stars in place. The moon and the sun's timing as the earth circles the sun consistently day after day. The universe is constant that provides life in this privileged planet that we call earth. When we think of the gravitational pull of the moon that brings a high and a low tide that works as a self-cleaning ecosystem, ecosystem of the ocean's waters. And this is why in Colossians 1.17, it says, Jesus is before all things, that he is preeminent, and in him all things consist or are held together. God's power is declared through the universe. Who else could have this sustaining ability? It shows his authority to rule the universe, not like deism a God that is not attached to our state of affairs. When we think of God's mind, it shows through the artistic work, the beautiful skies in the heavens, the mountaintops, the valleys and the plains, waterfalls, springs, lakes, and the rivers that uh, inevitably sustains life throughout the whole world the manifolds of plants and animals, the sea creatures that can be used for life, sickness, and health. Also, we need to understand that we do see this relationship between all we see in life. It's homogeneous or similarities. God must have a creative, inspirational, beautiful mind as we see his handiwork displayed throughout the whole earth. God must be personal and relational. When we look at the world around us, what we see is a reflection of God's glory displayed for all to see. Analogous to God's mind is his providence. And I want to spend some time here talking about God's providence. In Genesis 1.14, right in the beginning of the Bible, the Bible says the lights, the sun, the moon, the stars will be for signs and seasons and for days and years 
In Genesis 8:22, while earth remains, it tells us, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. We see the providence of God even in how we are made as created beings. It tells us in Psalms 139, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. When we consider our eyes to see, the ears to hear, the touch that is so wonderfully made, strong enough to do mighty things, yet gentle to the touch, that in God's providence, he gave us a mind to reason, to enjoy emotions, and to experience life. There is no other creature made like a human being made in the image of God. And nature declares that. In Genesis 1.28, when God made man and woman, the first thing he said to them is to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And I like that. He says, replenish the earth and subdue it. And God demanded of this providence that we as his creatures to have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowls of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the face of the earth. We do recognize out of all the creatures, we humans have this type of dominion over God's creatures. We even find when Jesus came as a historical figure on this earth that Jesus talks about the providence of God. He says in Matthew 5, For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust. We can also look at the unwritten human tradition. It is a means of general revelation. The Bible tells us that God spoke to Adam and Eve, and they in turn would have told others about the things that God both said and did, and that people would be able to look back in history and hear this account of God, general revelation. I want to tell you, though, you know, yet with all these good qualities that I've mentioned, we find ourselves able to live contrary to all that God has given us. A will to run from God, to run into sin and the lust of the world. A will to say, I will be my own God. I will control my own destiny. And I will live my life the way I want to. Now, God God has given us this external witness that screams out his name day after day. It utters speech and night unto night. It reveals knowledge. Nevertheless, for this type of attitude that runs contrary to God, God not only has given us an external witness to who he is, But God has given the whole world, man and woman alike, an internal witness of a transcendent God who is holy, just, and has a standard 
for all mankind. We call this the conscience. That's what we're talking about in this internal witness that screams to us. It's called the conscience. You see, there is this particular way in which the mind and the neurons meet the conscience. And this conscience only deliberates on what is right and just. And for every decision you make and every sentence you speak, this conscience asks you to justify your actions. And we'll come back on the second part and talk about this general revelation that God has given to all mankind since the beginning and even in these days. And we'll be back with Throughout All Ages, 1530 Apologetics. Don't go away because there is much more to come with Throughout All Ages, 1530 Apologetics on K-Praise. Join Creation Fellowship's Antees Apologetics Speaker Series Thursdays at 6.30 p.m. via Zoom. 1 Peter verse 3, chapter 15 says, To always be ready to give a reason for the hope that we have. Creation Fellowship Santee's brand name apologetic speakers will do just that. Equip you with the knowledge and tactics to explain your Christian faith. Get equipped Thursday nights at 6.30. Learn more on Facebook and YouTube at Creation Fellowship Santee or email Santee at gmail.com. Welcome back to Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics. And now, here's your host, Joe Gaona on K-Praise. How are you doing today? This is Joe with 1530 Apologetics, and we're into the second part, talking about the general revelation of God. I want to see you here next week as we talk about this special revelation and the two books that they say is the 67th book of nature. But today we're talking about general revelation, that God has given us this external account, And he's also has given us this internal account that every man and woman made in the image of God, we have this. And we're talking about the conscience. Now, we know that the mind and the neurons, they meet with the conscience. And the conscience, we know, is this still voice that every one of us has heard. This conscience, it deliberates on what is right and just. And for every decision you make, and think about this, every sentence you speak, this conscience asks you to justify your actions and your deeds. And we find ourselves wrestling with our conscience almost every single day about issues of wrong and right, of truth or false. Should I do this or should I not? Explaining to this, um, should I say, uh, what I what I need to talk about is this conscience when it deals with us. When I'm explaining to this inner voice and I say something like, I need to pay this guy back for something he's done, he's hurt me, or I need to lie to get ahead in life. It's this conscience that we must deal with. Now, when we think of the word conscience, it's the word Con, which comes, which means with, and then science, which means knowledge. With knowledge. This is what we're talking about 
when we're talking about the conscience. Our verse in Romans 2.14 explains how this conscience works. And it says, for when the Gentiles, and when you hear that word Gentiles, it's almost all people of the world. And it says, for when the Gentiles who do not have the law do instinctively the things of the law, that these not having the law are law to themselves and that they show the work of the law written in their hearts and their conscience bearing witness and their thoughts accusing or else excusing. Now we're going to pick apart this verse and what it's talking about when it calls people Gentiles, it's talking about God calling a people who were the Israelites, the Jewish people. And when they were in slavery in Egypt for 400 or so years, when God brought them out of Egypt, it was here that God gave them the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments. And this is what it's talking about when it talks about the law. Now, we know that everybody in the whole world who's ever been born into this world has not seen the manuscripts that were written down by Moses of the Ten Commandments. We also we also got the tablet of stones that God wrote the Ten Commandments. But here God is saying that when people who have never seen this law before, who do not have the law, when they do instinctively, when they act responsive to that law, that even if they have never seen that law, it becomes a law to themselves. And he goes on to explain why. He says, because they show the work of the law written in their hearts. So God has put the law written on our hearts. And while we're doing things each day, it is this conscience that takes the law that is written in every human being, the moral law. And it says that the conscience bearing witness and that at that point as the conscience deliberates what is right and good that it's up to you to now justify or excuse yourself and say no i'm not going to listen to my conscience i'm going to do what i want so here god is setting up a moral standard an objective standard telling us before the law before the ten commandments were written down on manuscripts we lived as though the law and the commandments of God were already speaking to us. And that's why it says, it says, it shows the law written in their hearts and their conscience bearing witness between themselves accusing or else excusing. You see, although people all over the world did not have the Ten Commandments of God written, written form, God had placed the law, that is, God had innately written the law on their hearts, and their conscience bears witness to this. And they find themselves either accusing and saying, yeah, that's wrong, or else excusing themselves and saying, no, I have a right to do this. We all experience this law and conscience that Paul refers to as the inward man. You see, if you... If you knew you shouldn't have stolen something that wasn't yours, you have appealed to your conscience. If you have said, you, can, you can't treat me like a dog, you have appealed to your conscience. 
If you said you need to pay me back for the money you borrowed, you have appealed to your conscience. Hey, I shouldn't be pursuing my best friend's wife. You have appealed to your conscience. And you appeal to your conscience, and your conscience appeals to God's attributes or God's mind. Now, let me say this. We know that God is a good judge, a perfect judge, and his laws are written on our hearts, ingrained in your very being, and your conscience bears witness to this fact. And the Bible continues describing this internal witness of the conscience. In 1 Timothy 4.2, he tells us that these men were speaking lies in hypocrisy having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. Now, Paul was talking about these people who believe they are free, but are living in a lie of hypocrisy, deceived and intentionally tricked. Really, their hypocrisy gives them no rest, bound in fighting against their conscience. Ultimately, they're fighting against God. And this is why in Hebrews 3.15, as it continues talking about this conscience, it says, Today, if you will hear his voice and do not harden your hearts as in the day of rebellion. You see, when God took Israel out of Egypt, they were in the wilderness. And we are told because of disbelief and because they just didn't want to, that they were in rebellion. They didn't want to listen to the things of God, and they began to get their hearts hardened. Now, we can harden our heart and our senses to the point where we don't listen to our conscience. This is that hardening that takes place where the heart gets harder and harder and more rebellious and more rebellious to eventually it comes or becomes to a point where God says that your conscience gets seared with a hot iron. It gets burnt up, as it were, as you would get a prong and heat it up, that your conscience can become seared to where you're not hearing a godly judgment call in your conscience. But listen, you are still without excuse. You should never turn to hardening your heart when your conscience is bearing witness of the law of God written in your hearts. Now, one last thought on the God's goodness. One last thought on God's goodness. The commandments, the law of God's objective moral guide is built into us, innate in us. And our conscience bears witness to that fact. And I I want you to home in on that point. That we all know that even though good might come from lying or stealing or cheating, at the end of the day, if you have lied, it makes you a liar. If you've taken something that does not belong to you, it makes you a thief. If you cheat, if you rape, or you murder, that is wrong. And we know instinctively that those things are wrong. This is God's objective morality given to all men made in his image. No other creature is made in the image of God. We have looked at general revelation that was commuted by God, namely his creation, 
his providence, our conscience, and the objective standard towards morality. This is what we, the theologians call general revelation, the revelation of God to all times, to all peoples, in all places. We have this external revelation, and we have this internal revelation. So now when I read Romans 1.17 to you, it'll make more sense because everything we talked about comes into these verses here. It tells us in the New Testament, in Romans 1.17, it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness because that which is known about God is evident in them. And we talked about that for God made it evident to them for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature has been clearly seen. Listen to this being understood through what was made so that they are without excuse. You guys, when we talk about general revelation, we got the Christian worldview, we got theism, and we got deism. And I just want you to know there are many scientists who will look at deism and say, I capitulate to a a deist God. But I want you to know that if you do not have a saving relationship with Jesus Christ, if you do not have a saving relationship with God, you are doomed from all eternity. And this is Joe with 1530 Apologetics. We're glad to have you here with us. And let's talk about worldviews and why worldviews matter. We'll see you next week. That's a take, and this has been Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics. You can learn more about your host, Joe Gaona, how to support and get involved with 1530 Apologetics by visiting throughoutallagesministries.com. That's throughoutallagesministries.com. 1530 Apologetics is vigorously setting the pace to give easy answers to hard questions in the culture we live in. So be sure to join Joe at this same time next week for more biblical principles to help you intellectually and critically learn to weigh out decisions about life with truth, facts, contradictions, the reality we live in, and history. This has been Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics on K-Praise. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.